Welcome to Equipping the Persecuted Radio. Equipping the Persecuted Radio is sponsored by Equipping the Persecuted. I'm your host, Pastor Sam, and in today's episode, we are going to be looking over what to do with sin, specifically sin that gets into your own life, but also the sin of our nation. And of course, sin is something that is very common today. But let me tell you a little bit about equipping the persecuted. Equipping the persecuted does exactly what it says. It it equips those who are persecuted over in Nigeria. Specifically, what they're working on right now is finishing up an orphanage that, get this, it is for those whose parents have been martyred for the cause of Jesus Christ. That's right. It's for those whose parents, those children whose parents, have been brutally murdered for the cause of Jesus Christ. This is an incredibly important ministry. They've already, this year, built a school, and they are always working on getting more and more alarm towers that are set up, kind of like tornado sirens, for when attacks come in these villages in Nigeria. But you can find out a lot about these things and more about this ministry that, of course, always brings the gospel of Jesus Christ to the forefront of this at equippingthepersecuted.org. Once again, that's equippingthepersecuted.org. And we want to hear from you. We want to know, what do you think about the ministry of Equipping the Persecuted? We also want to know, what do you think about the radio show? So go to or email us at equippingthepersecuted at gmail.com. Once again, it's equippingthepersecuted at gmail.com. But today, I want to talk about sin and specifically what to do about sin. Now, we've, we've often gone over the idea here that sin is in our nation. We know that. We understand that. You realize that. Of course, if you turn on the television, you know that sin is abounding and it is everywhere. You know, of course, if you go and you open up uh, your your social media, go and look at Facebook or, or something like that, you know that sin is everywhere and it abounds in our culture today. But, but even more than that, I, I want to read a passage from 1 John chapter 1 today that will tell us what to do with sin when it gets into our life, but also it will tell us that sin is something that is always in our life. It's, it's, it's not something that we can really avoid uh, having to deal with. We're going to have to deal with it at some point or another. Sin is there, and it's in this world, and so we better learn what we're going to do with sin. But it says in 1 John chapter 1, starting in verse 8, it says this, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So first of all, I want us to understand this concept here. If we say that we haven't sinned, if we say that there is no sin in us, we are wrong. The truth is not in us. We are liars. Now, of course, Scripture is very clear on this. In Romans 3.23, it tells us, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And by the way, it is important that we understand what sin is. See, sin has been downplayed and not talked about so much in our culture today through the seeker-sensitive movement and the user-friendly movements and things like that in church. 
where they just tell you, hey, come on to church, come as you are, stay as you are, do, do whatever you want to do, just slap a what would Jesus do bracelet on it, and everything's going to be okay. The reality of it is, is that sin is real, it's in your life, and it is definable. In fact, Scripture defines it this way. Sin is lawlessness. It's the breaking of God's law. It's going against the Word of God and the commands of God. Now, ultimately, here we, we, we generally summarize these commands and these laws, the moral law of God, in the Ten Commandments. And so if you've broken one of the Ten Commandments, if you've gone and, and, and taken the Lord's name in vain, worshipped a different God, made a, a graven image to go into worship, uh, forgotten the, the Sabbath or broken the Sabbath, um, if you've gone and, and lied, uh, if you've gone and, and stolen, if you've gone and coveted, if you've gone and committed adultery, if you haven't gone and uh, given respect or, or honored your, your father and your mother, then you have broken these one of these Ten Commandments, or, or all of them most likely, uh, bore false witness against your neighbor. I don't know if I said that one. But if you have... And murdered. I, I think I might have forgotten murder. That's a pretty big one. But but if you've gone and broken one of these things, which then there's there's different categories then or subcategories of these Ten Commandments. So this is the summarization of them. Then you have broken God's law and you are a sinner. Now, of course, I we, we know that if you're listening to this, you're a sinner. There's only one who's ever fulfilled the entire law, who's gone and and lived the law perfectly, and his name is Jesus Christ. And, of course, Jesus Christ, he died on the cross for our sins because we've broken God's law. He was buried, proving he was dead, and he rose again on the third day, and whosoever believes in him shall be saved. But we've gone and we've, we've broken these laws. Now, now, hopefully, you're listening and you're saying, I am a Christian today. If you're not, I, I, I would beg with you, I'd plead with you to go and to believe in Jesus Christ today. If you've got more questions about that, please email us at equippingthepersecuted at gmail.com. We would love to talk to you about that. I, I would love to get in contact with you, have a phone conversation with you, and lead you to Jesus Christ. But I'm hoping that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior already today. And as you've done that, the problem is, is that sin still comes into our life. So what do we do with sin? What do we do with sin? Well, it tells us right here in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So now I want to start off with a promise that God gives here. He is faithful and just and he will forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, just as we have the promise in Hebrews that Jesus Christ is able to save to the uttermost, Jesus Christ will continue to forgive our sin. Now, this doesn't mean that we should take it for occasion to go into sin more so that grace may abound. Certainly not. But we're just talking about the promises of God here. He really will do this, but it is a conditional promise. See, it's not that he's just going to go into to, to, to go and to wipe our slate clean and to make everything perfect and, and everything like that, restore us through forgiveness and everything like that after we've, we've gone and been, been saved if we don't do what this is first saying here, the condition, and that is through confession. 
of our sin. Now, what in the world does it mean to confess our sins? Some of you might be going and saying, does this mean we need to go to a, to, to a pastor or to a priest and go in to confess our sins? One of the funniest things that's ever happened to me uh, was when I was 19, maybe I was 18 years old, I was pretty young, and I was working at a grocery store. And I was working at this grocery store, and I was, I was trying to build relationships with my coworkers. One of uh, the, them was a refugee from I- Iraq. Uh, he escaped from Iraq. In fact, his, his father grew up uh, as a childhood friend of Saddam Hussein, and so he knew he was an insane guy, and they escaped from Iraq. And one day they invited me over to their house and we were talking, he introduced me to his brother and his brother just has, the, the only concept of Christianity that he has is, is from watching television and not even watching, you know, televangelists and things like that, but just watching television. And as he's talking to me, he realizes his, his brother introduces me as somebody who's going to go into ministry, going to go and be a pastor. And so he says, oh, so, so, so you're, you're, it'd be kind of like a, like a priest, and so I need to go into confess my, my sins to you. I'm like, oh, no, you don't need to do that. And he starts just confessing his sins to me and, and, if, and, and telling me all these terrible things that he has done. And, and of course, it's, it's very sad, but it's a great way for me to go and to share the gospel with him. Uh, and I was trying to get him to stop, but then he starts saying really interesting things. So I thought, man, I might as well listen. No, that's not really what happened. Uh, but, but I was able to go and to share the gospel with him. But I thought that was just a strange thing. But that's not the confession that it's talking about here. See, the confession that it's talking about here, first of all, we need to understand what this word means. It means to say the same as. And who are we to say the same as? We're to say the same as what God says it is. So it's not a mistake. You know, in today's culture, it is so easy and so commonplace to just go and to say, well, it wasn't a sin. Oh, it was just a mistake. It was just a little white lie. It's just something that's little. It's not a big deal. But no, 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 actually to confess our sin, to take care of our sin, to do what we're supposed to do with our sin, we have to say what God says. We have to call it what God calls it, and he calls it sin. Now, it also means that we need to see it the same way that God sees it. See, we're not really going to say it the same way that God says it if we don't see it the same way that God sees it. And that means that we need to see this sin not as a little thing, but as a major deal that sent Jesus Christ, the perfect Lamb of God, to the cross. See, it's not just a little white lie. It's not just a little mistake. It's not just an oopsie. It's a big deal. It's something that put the sinless Lamb of God, God himself, upon the cross for my sin, for what we just did right there when we sinned. It's not a little thing. It's a major thing. That's the first thing that we need to do with sin. There's a couple more things that I want to bring out. We need to take a quick break. So hang with us. We'll be right back.
There is a crisis happening in Nigeria. Christians are being murdered and driven from their homes at the hands of Muslim terrorists. Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Equipping the Persecuted is a mission organization that helps persecuted Christians in Nigeria by sending aid directly to persecuted Christians in need. When a Christian village is attacked, Equipping the Persecuted is there to respond with food, medical aid, and materials to rebuild their churches and communities. Equipping the Persecuted has boots on the ground ready to respond to an emergency. Within 48 hours of an attack, our team is there to help those in need. Prayerfully consider a monthly donation to help impact and save the lives of persecuted Christians. Equipping the Persecuted doesn't just raise awareness about persecution or just talk about it. They take action. Visit EquippingThePersecuted.org and donate today. God's Word tells us that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Truly, sin is a mark of America today. Every second, 28,000 people are watching pornography. Since 1973, over 65 million babies have been slaughtered on the altar of convenience through abortion, and 70% of millennials are likely to vote for a socialist. Sin truly abounds and is a reproach to our nation. But how do we get back on track and be exalted by God once again? Hi, I'm Pastor Sam Jones, and I've written a new book that traces the steps of America's fall and gives us a road to redemption. It's called Five Steps to Kill a Nation and How to Stop the Bleeding. You can get a copy of the book at theshininglightministries.com. Welcome back to Equipping the Persecuted Radio. I'm your host, Pastor Sam. And remember to give us an email over at equippingthepersecuted at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. We want to know, did you know what it really meant to confess your sin? That's what we want to know. So email us over at equippingthepersecuted at gmail.com. I also want to tell you uh, that you can, if you miss an, an episode of Equipping the Persecuted Radio, which I know that you never would do that, but but let's just say you did. Or if you want one of your friends to go and to hear this, say, wow, this was just such a great radio show, which we know that's what you're thinking. Uh, at least I know that's what you're thinking. You can go and find us on Apple iTunes or over on Spotify and pretty much wherever you can find uh, podcasts. Go and look us up at Equipping the Persecuted Radio. Just type that into your search bar. You can find that. Download. Also go and subscribe for us and give us a good review. Five stars. Why wouldn't you give us anything uh, other than five stars? I mean, if there were six stars, I'm sure you'd give that. But go ahead and do that and look it up at Equipping the Persecuted Radio on Apple uh, or uh, wherever you get your podcast. Just go and, and check that out. I don't know why you'd you know, listen to anything other than on iTunes, but some people like to listen to it other places. So you can go ahead and do that. But, uh, but, but if you go and listen to it other places, you might have to go and confess some sin. Um, no, not really. Uh, sin is much more serious than that. But what I, what I do want to, to look at is one of the greatest confessions that we see in all of scripture. And that is from David. 
in Psalm 51. In fact, I'd really encourage you to read this chapter. It is a powerful chapter. All scripture is powerful, but some scripture just seems to be really relevant to what is going on in our world today. And I don't think that there's any that is more relevant than Psalm 51 because there's so much sin in our culture and people have quit preaching on sin. People have quit talking about sin and calling it sin. In fact, I've done Bible studies where I'm going through and looking at this stuff from solid, uh, from what used to be solid places. And they say, you know, uh, when you're going and talking to somebody, don't use words like sin. Well, let me tell you, you, you can't really share the gospel without talking about sin because that's what Jesus died for. But we sin, sin is here, and you might not know what to do with your sin, but it starts off with that confessing it, as we talked about in 1 John 1, 9. But I want to look at a confession in Psalm 51. And it says this in Psalm chapter 51. Uh, it, it says, I'm going to just start reading in verse 1. It says this, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly, from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Now, this is David speaking. What sin was he talking about? What transgressions is he talking about? He's talking specifically about his affair that he had, the adultery that he committed, breaking one of those Ten Commandments with Bathsheba and then going and sending her husband Uriah to the front of the line specifically so that he might die. Wow. So there he went, and he also committed murder. And of course, I mean, you could probably go and say that he was lying or at least deceiving Uriah in many ways and bearing false witness against Uriah's uh, test or, or his character when he went and he sent him with a letter uh, to, to a commander to go and to say what, what needed to happen. I mean, this is the, the, the sin that David is going and confessing. The sin in your life, you can confess and need to confess, and God can forgive you of it. But he continues on in verse 4, he says, Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Wow. Wow. I, 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 I mean, this is amazing. Do you hear what David is saying? He is, he is looking at sin the exact way that God sees sin. He's caring about it the way that God cares about it. He's confessing it. He's saying the same thing as God says it is. It's transgression against the law. It's my transgressions. It's my sin. God, I have offended you. I have gone against you, is what David is going and saying. And he continues on. He says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and sin. My mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part. You will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones that you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me by your generous spirit. 
He's talking about the benefits of confession. You see, when you confess your sin, that there is a guilt uh, that, that is removed away from your life when you go and you confess your sin and you repent from it. In fact, later on, after you've confessed sin and you've repented from it, you go and you hear a preacher going and preaching against that sin, and what do you do? You shout out, Amen, because you don't want others to fall in to that sin because you know how miserable it is, because you know how much it offends God, and you don't want anyone else to fall into that. And so you praise the Lord and you shout amen when you hear that. But I really want to get to verse 14 because this is something that's very important to understand with the connection between confessing sin and the results of confessing sin. It says this in verse 14. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not desire delight in burnt offerings. The sacrifices to God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Did you catch this here? Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O oh God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? The result is singing of God's righteousness it's praising the Lord and giving Him right sacrifice. But there was one verse that I skipped over, and it's verse 13. And I want you to see this. In verse 13, it says this, Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. Do you want to know why we don't see people getting saved today in the United States? Why we don't see all of this, this huge revival that people really pray for, people want, you might desire. You want to see fruit in your ministry. You, you want to go and see great things happen for God. Where does it start? It starts with personal confession. It starts with personal confession. If you are confessing your sin before God, then, then, you will be able to go and teach transgressors God's way and sinners will be converted to Christ. See, we made a major mistake when we tried to reach the unsaved by not preaching on sin. Not only because uh, is that silly, because that's where we need to reach them with, is, is with the conviction of God's word, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But then when we quit preaching on sin because what you win them with you have to win them to is what you win them to is what you win or what you, what you win them with is what you win them to make sure I get that right what ends up happening is when you remove that preaching of sin is that uh, in salvation is that you never really come around to preaching on sin people don't know what to do with sin and then more and more people don't get saved you see when we become a confessing people when we become a repenting people, then we see people turn to Christ because then we can teach them God's ways and sinners will be converted to Christ. This all comes through confession. 
If you want to see people get saved in your life, start confessing your sin. Start confessing your sin. But I also want to take us to one more passage where we can really see this whole idea of confession. And it is an interesting concept here of this confession, and it's found in the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 1 here, and it's the prayer that Nehemiah gives in Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 5 is where it starts. He says this, And I said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments, please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now day and night for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you, both my father's house and I have sinned. And he continues on with this confession and this prayer of confession. But I want us to see this important principle here because Nehemiah goes in in this prayer. He confesses the sin of three different people or three different groups of people. The first one is, is his nation, the people of Israel. They have sinned against you, God, is what he says. Then the second one is, is his direct lineage, my father's house. And then the third one is his individually himself. He confesses that sin. We understand perhaps the confessing of our, our personal sin, but what about those other two? See, we need to confess the sin of our nation, which would be sins that our nations have uh, our nation has held up, like abortion, like homosexuality, like um, uh, all kinds of perverseness and in, in things that go against God's word, like there's more than two genders and things like that. We need to confess that sin of our nation because God does judge nations. Um, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. But then what about our father's house? Those of our direct lineage who come before us, why is that important? And you see, I believe that it's important for this principle. Most of the time, those who come before us, we have an appreciation for. We have a big appreciation for. We, we might even really look up to them. But the reality of it is, is that they, they might have failed. In fact, they have failed in some points. All of us have failed in some points. And that failure may be evident. And you see, just when it comes back to this idea of confession, we need to say the same as what God says. That means we need to see it the same way that God sees it. And this is a big deal because it is easy for those who we have hold in high esteem for us to go and to overlook their faults, for us to go and to overlook their sin, especially when you think of it, if it's somebody like your dad, somebody who you might have really looked up to. You need to not look over their faults because if you look over their faults and their sin, you're going to be in danger of falling into that sin. And of course, it always comes back to the individual thing what can I do? Because we're the ones who are going before God. And so we need to have a clean heart so that we can be a usable vessel before God. It's, it's absolutely vital as we go and we look at it in this way. Confession of sin is so important. And we see this is so interesting in Nehemiah's life that he goes and he lists these three people because I don't think we have people who are praying 
and confessing the sin of our nation. They might be going and confessing when they make a mistake, when they mess up, not a mistake, when they actually go and sin and break God's law and that transgression that comes against it. But are they really praying for the sins of our nation, for the sins of their family members and those whom they hold in high esteem? Are they confessing that sin? Have you confessed that sin today? You need to. Confession is vital if we want to see our nation come back to Christ. If we want to go and, and see revival start in this land again today, we need to understand this confession. We need to understand that sin is serious, that we need to confess it before God, and then we need to lay hold of the promise that He gave that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And why is He just? We understand that He's faithful, but why is He just? It's because he has paid the price for those sins. Jesus Christ has already done that. They've been paid for on the cross. So confess your sins today. Confess the sins of your nation. Confess the sins of those whom you hold in high esteem. And let's see sinners be converted to Jesus Christ today. Thank you for listening to Equipping the Persecuted Radio. Remember, Equipping the Persecuted Radio is sponsored by Equipping the Persecuted. We want to hear from you. Email us at equippingthepersecuted at gmail.com. And also remember to subscribe to our podcast. You can go and see all of our previous episodes at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you go and get that. Just type in Equipping the Persecuted Radio will be the one that shows up there. And check us out at Equipping the Persecuted at gmail.com. Email us. Let us know what you think. Thank you for listening today. And as always, keep standing for the truth. My eyes have seen.